it's one thing to have a job and go through grief, but it's another thing to have to be funny. Mm. But ain't shit funny. Mm. Hey y'all, welcome back to Made It Out. I am freaking out because Jonica Booth is on my couch today. And if you're not familiar with her work, for the few of you that may not be, she is known for playing Duke on HBO's Rap Shit, which is a history-making show that I cannot recommend enough. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. Of course. She's here today to share her story of reaching incredible success in a time where she was also facing unimaginable grief. Mm -hmm. And I kind of want to just start with your background. Where are you from? What was your family like? Mm, I am from St. Louis, Missouri. Typical kid. Lived with my mom. I have my mom and dad divorced when I was five. And grew up playing basketball. My sister and I live with my mom. We have different dads. But my dad has six kids by mm. six different women. Such an active man, you see. Yes. And uh, <laughs> I'm the only girl and the oldest. Okay. Yeah, of all the boys. Okay. So Big family. Big, yeah, big family. Because you usually... When it's the dynamics like that, people usually don't um, be close to their siblings. Mm -hmm. But my dad made sure that we were all close. Yeah. So did that. Went to college. First one to graduate college in my family. Oh, wow. We got a bachelor's degree. Don't do nothing with it. But I have <laughs> it. I mailed both of them the diploma. Like, here, this is you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Lay it on your fireplace. But Where'd you go to school? Missouri Valley College. Okay. Played What'd basketball. You study? Uh, psychology. Oh, nice. So you can tell me what I'm thinking. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did that because um, I wanted to be an agent. I looked at Law and Order SVU and you couldn't tell me I wasn't going to be Benson. Like I want to be Detective Benson. OK, you know, what's crazy. What? I wanted to be a forensic psychologist. I wanted to go and talk to like rapists and yes, murderers. Which sounds really crazy. It sounds creepy, but <laughs> I was like. I want to see what they're in their mind. Yes. So uh, we're weird. I know we are. I okay. used to beg my parents, like, take me to the prison tour. I want to go see what a I want to go to the prison tour so bad. And I'm like, that's not a good place for black people to just hang out. But <laughs> I wanted to go and just talk to them. Yes. So because of that, that's why I studied thinking that that's what I would do in my life. And boy, did I not. Yeah. I, ended up, <laughs> I ended up going on reality TV. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> When did that, when did that change? I don't know. I was, I didn't want to go on um, the show that I went on. I wanted to go on real world. Who didn't want to go on real world? I know. Like, I think everybody wanted to go. It's two things I think everyone wanted to do. And that was be a Disney kid when you were a kid or Nickelodeon and <laughs> yes. then go on real world. That was it. And I, obviously I missed the Disney train. So I was like, I'm going on real world. So I was in their system for that, but they started sending me other things. So they sent me one. For, I did a reality show called Bad Girls Club. Mm -hmm. I'm familiar. Sent, okay. <laughs> just, just I love that, that show. <laughs> of course you do. You're weird <laughs> like me. But I know. I actually didn't like the show. I didn't watch the show. Okay. Before I went on there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I didn't know. I knew nothing. So they ended up calling me, but I was just like, no, I'm in college. Like, I want to finish. It was two things I said. I didn't want to do anything other than finish college, meaning I could have went and played basketball overseas. But I knew I wouldn't have came back and finished college. Mm. And then I knew if I went on a show or something, I knew I wouldn't have finished college. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, let me just finish this and then I can embark on things. After that, I get another email for me to do it. And my gay best friend, Fred, Fred was like, 
you're going to do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to record you. So he recorded everything. And I'm just so over it, right? Because I'm like, I don't want to do this. I want to go in the real world. And now I'm over it. I'm college graduate. I'm going to work at a bank for the rest of my life and become the <laughs> big banker. Like, I just had the smallest, biggest goals for myself. I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a manager of a bank and uh, watch this. So, yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, filled it out. Ended up, they ended up picking me. And I, I don't know why, because I... I didn't have the bag. Like, I wasn't like, oh, I'm out here kicking ass. Like, I didn't have that when I see all these other auditions. But what I did have, I think they liked that I, no one knew that I was talking to women. Mm. My mom, nobody in my family knew. Oh, wow. And then on my tape, I had a girlfriend and they asked her. It's still, I seen it on YouTube the other day. They asked her. They was like, uh, is Jonica faithful? She said, no, she can't commit to anybody. And I'm just like, that, that's going to get me in. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So <laughs> I ended up picking me and I did the show. So how do you go from Bad Girls Club to rap shit? I ended up getting a manager and the manager, Cheryl Martin, she sends me the audition for it. And when I read the role, um, that's when I, I didn't understand acting. Mm. I didn't get the role. Like, I didn't get the role off the rip. I I didn't know, like, I didn't understand acting. I thought that. They just wanted a time, like, it's literally said stud from Miami, like a uh, masculine woman, you know. So I put my hair in a ponytail. I had the curls popping, put on a jersey, and I did the audition as Jonica. Mm. Nobody called me back or nothing. So I'm like, January come, I send a, I had just did an, I was actually either heading out or heading in, but I had a hat to the back, and I don't know, I was feeling myself. So I send a video to Issa. No. Yeah. And to the casting director. Oh my gosh. On Instagram. And I'm talking shit. Like what's funny is I seen this, the, the video came up on uh, my Snapchat the other day and I was like so embarrassed. Like I, I do not recommend no one do this. <laughs> it worked for me, but it, I just don't think it's going to work ever again. So I'm talking shit on a video. I said, yeah, y'all didn't give me a call back, but that's cool. I'm not used to winning. I never won in bingo. I did it. I'm just talking shit on this video. Send it to the casting director. Send it to Issa Rae. The next day, my manager said, weird, the casting just asked you, remember that audition you did in December? And I never told her. I said, what? They did? Wow, interesting. But I'm over here freaking out like, should I delete it? Should I not delete it? Like, what do I do? And at that time, that's when you could see that the messages were seen. Oh, so I, no. I didn't open it. I told my friend, I was like, should I go delete it? She was like, no, bitch, they seen it. And it worked in your favor, I guess. So they sent me the audition to do it again. And this time they gave me notes. So I went and got an acting coach and I studied and you know what I'm saying? I, I realized this isn't about Jonica. They want you to be chastity, the Duke of Miami. You have to be this kid because that was her. That was her. Yeah. So I, I was like, this isn't you. So I went and just got more masculine, talked to all my masculine, my dominant stud friends. I talked to all the men in my life and was just picking up on that energy. Wow. Through the uh, braids in my head, just did some stuff. I feel like all the studs were sports bras. So I threw a sports bra on and <laughs> fucking didn't shave my legs. And I, yeah. yeah, I stepped in it. And Method I, acting. You know, so yeah, I put on a jersey with that was open so you could see the sports bra. My little four pack, two pack. Two pack, it's a two pack. So I think my little two pack. And I'm like, I got this. So I do that audition. They ended up putting me on Zoom with Issa. Issa loved it. And, uh, Fast forward, I booked the role. I go to dinner with uh, Issa, the cast, the showrunner. You know, our first dinner to meet each other. And Issa posted us from that night. So when she posted us, 
I, oh my gosh. She's seen them. She fight, but at this point, I booked the role. She wrote back, oh my gosh. She said, I am so mad I did not save that video. I said, I'm so happy you didn't save that video. Because <laughs> that was her first time seeing it. But I was talking cash shit. Like, the same thing. Oh, my God. I'm like, God. yeah, you too, Issa. You gonna book me? <laughs> I did it. I said, you're gonna wish you knew me. I'm talking shit, right? <laughs> it was the funniest thing. Best movie you ever made. Best movie I ever made. <laughs> I was great with that one. I literally shimmied my way through this industry. Wow. So that's why it's so hard for me to just work hard because I know how hard it is and I know how I got here. And it's like, I need you guys to know I deserve to be here. Yeah. I deserve. And Issa sent me a very sweet message um, after the show was canceled. And it just let me know that she see me for my work ethic. Yeah. Because I work hard only because I don't want... If something does does it does get canceled, if something doesn't work out, it'll suck if you be like, oh, I should have did this. Yeah. Versus, no, I gave it my I all. Laid it I up. did it. I did mm-hmm. it. I laid it out. Mm-hmm. And whatever happens, I am okay with it. Yeah. So So you book this role, your whole life is about to change. And then you find out that your brother passes away unexpectedly. Let's get into what happened to Kendall. Honestly, he died from asthma. Asthma attack. He been having asthma his whole life. But he was with a girl, and the girl said his last words were, "Call nine one one. I'm about to die." Jesus. And I'm like, he knew it. Oh. Like he felt, you know, he probably knew he couldn't breathe. Mm-hmm. But when I found out, well, I had just talked to him Wednesday mm-hmm. for like three. It was like literally the best conversation ever. Mm-hmm. And I think because of that, that's why I'm so okay with it. Because it's like, truthfully, we're lone people. We don't own people. Um, the only thing guaranteed in life is death. So mm-hmm. it's like when you really think about it, I, I really got everything I could from this person while they his time was here on this earth. So that makes me feel better. Um, <clears throat> but when he this happened, when, when I talked to him Wednesday, and he had been calling me, but I've been busy because I was just got to Miami to film. Mm-hmm. So because this happened three, three days, days before you were filming, Rapture. we start filming August 9th. Mm-hmm. He died August 6th mm-hmm. and I had just talked to him that Wednesday, mm-hmm. but it was late at night. So then he died. I got the call like at one o'clock in the morning and the call was so horrible. By advice, if someone passed, I feel like you should consider how you call them because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm asleep and I answered the phone and it was my dad, which I don't honestly, he, he lost his son. So I don't know how what I expected, but I'm like, hello. He was like, Chubb dead. And I was like, damn it. You didn't even warn me. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, I was like, what? He was like, Chubb dead. And I just looked and I hung up. Because I'm like, I, in my mind, I'm like, I'm dreaming. Mm-hmm. Like, I, this has to be the like a nightmare. So I just hung up. And then I looked. I'm asleep. But I looked in my phone. I had a bunch of missed calls. And then I called uh, John again, the youngest. His mom called me as well. So I called her back. And I'm, I just, I said, hello. She said, I'm so sorry. So then I hung up because I'm thinking, oh, y'all fucking with me. Everybody fucking with me right now, you know. So then I blew my mom up. She didn't answer. And I'm blowing my sister up. I blew. I called so many people just because I think I needed to say it out loud. Yeah. You know, and I'm sitting here. I didn't cry. I was just sitting there and I'm thinking I need to say it. So I called. Nobody's answering. My ex didn't answer. Nobody's answering. But I called someone I dated years ago. And I just knew she would answer. And I called. She like, hello, you okay? And I said, remember Chubb? She said, yes, yeah. he died. Oh. And she said, I will come there right now. And I said, no, I don't need that. I said, I just think I need to say it, you know? 
So I appreciate Jazz for that. So then I got off the phone with her and I called my sister again. And her and her boyfriend must have been into it because I'm like, she was asleep. And I was like, hello? And then she, I said, Chubb died. And then she said, her fucking brother died, like to her guy or whatever. And I was like, ooh, they was into it. They was arguing. <laughs> you interrupted <laughs> and, uh, something. Yeah, I interrupted, so I helped her low key. <laughs> but um, Chubb, look at him, helping from a distance. <laughs> so uh, she ended up getting up talking to me. But I still hadn't cried. So do you think it had hit you yet? Or were you still in like... The- I was in denial. Mm. I think I was in denial because I was like, nah. But I, I thought when I said I would get it, I thought it would be like, okay. Got that out. But mm-hmm. it didn't. It was just like, okay. So then I sat back on Face FaceTime. And then I remember putting it on mute, going in the bathroom, and I looked in the mirror, and I, I just kept repeating it. Chub dead, chub dead. And oh. I, just had to, I just kept repeating it. Then the, the fucking sun starts coming up. So I'm like, I haven't been asleep. I got to go to set and get this COVID test and go be around these people. And it's crazy how God works. I go to set. Um, I go to the office, take my COVID test. They have uh, like a snacks for us that day. Like they had these trucks or whatnot. So I'm still not saying nothing. I'm just literally holding all of this in. But I meet a girl. Me, I'm such a whore. I'm still trying to meet a girl. <laughs> I meet a girl, I see her, and I'm like, what's up? Like, you killed? Who are you? What? <laughs> and um, and she said, oh, your necklace is cute. I had this other necklace on. She's like, your necklace is cute. Um, you know, where'd you get it from? I told her. And then she said, my sister had one like it. I was like, oh, how many sisters you have? She was like, well, I had two, but my sister passed away, the one that have a necklace like that. And I'm like, that's what's up, you know? And then she said, how many siblings do you have? And I wasn't ready for that question. Mm. So that's what fucked me up. And she was like, how many siblings do you have? And I was like, well, I have five brothers, well, six. And I said, well, I got five. And I kept going back and forth. And then I looked. They said action. So they was filming. And now I'm just standing here. But I wasn't on camera. I was just standing here. Then I hugged the girl. And I said, I don't want you to think I'm slow. I said, one of my brothers died Friday. And I don't know if I should count him or not. Her eyes welled up immediately. And I just left. I was like, I'm going to go. She came to the hotel. She came to my hotel. She DM'd me was like, can I just bring you something? I know what this feel like. You know, to this day, that is literally my favorite person. Oh. That's literally my favorite person because she under she she really got me through grief a lot. You know, mm-hmm. she's a poet. So she came to the hotel and just sat with me. And it, she just heard everything. She heard the chaos of my family saying, Jonica needs to get here. John-. And it's just so much pressure that and I'm thinking, what do I have to get here for? But I knew me and my dad were like best friends. So I'm like, I have to get there. Mm-hmm. But I'm in Miami. Mm-hmm. And that's got to feel so helpless. What? I'm in Miami. We had a, a business brunch set up for Sunday. So I'm thinking like, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? And then I'm new. So I don't want to tell them this is what I'm dealing with. And they just go cast someone else and thinking maybe she can't, you know, do the role anymore. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you got to think fast. I just said, I'm not going to say nothing. Oh, my God. I chose to not say nothing. It's one thing to have a job and go through grief, but it's another thing to have to be funny. Mm. But ain't shit funny. Mm-mm. Like, nothing's funny in my life right now. It's actually the worst part of my life. This is the worst thing that I could think of could be happening in this moment. And I had to go be funny. And everyone thought it was funny, but I was literally just fighting for my life. But nobody knew because I didn't want to lose my job. So you didn't end up telling anyone? No. They found out when I went to the funeral and posted it once, you know. And when I came back, Issa, Sarita, everybody was just like, you know, we're so sorry. And it 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 
it actually was harder to do my job once everybody knew. Mm. You know, it was very hard. It was very difficult because I just felt like I wasn't going to do my job good. You know, I felt like maybe I'm not doing good. And I don't want anyone to think because her brother died, because her brother right. died. Like all eyes are on you kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was one scene during first season where I had to yell at someone. I'm not a big yeller, but I did it because I was a pimp. So I had to yell at one of my hoes. You know, I can get one of my hoes and check. But I'm really system sad and grieving. Like, I have nothing to yell at this girl for. But you have to take yourself to those spots. And I remember they kept asking me to redo it, redo it. And Issa, she's not soft. She's not sensitive like that, you know? Mm. So, but she could tell that I I am. And I like the way she handled it. Um, she, They were saying, okay, we're going up in five. And she came up. She said, no, give me a minute. Jonica, come back here with me. And we go to the back and she said, you're doing great. We we keep redoing it because there's something wrong with the camera. So I'm thinking it's me messing up because I'm my brother died. You get what I'm saying? I'm mm-hmm. like, am I not doing my job good enough? And then she said, she touched me and said, I'm sorry. I said, Issa, you can't do that right now because I will cry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I did. That was a moment I had to walk in the back and because I tried not to cry at work. But grief comes in waves. Mm-hmm. Like you can't control it. I remember being in a makeup chair um, and the first season, it took them about 40 minutes to do my neck tap. Mm. And I was with a makeup artist, older lady named Vonda Sweet. And I just started crying. And she turned the chair and she just let me cry. And I appreciated that more than she knew because I was just like, you don't know. Like when you just land here, you thinking about everything, you know? Mm-hmm. Even now I'm getting teary eyed because it's just like you you don't know when it's going to come. You can be do- You can be doing great. And then you can't. Mm-hmm. And so many people that are grieving be like, well, I'm not going to, I have to, I can't cry. I can't. And I'm just like, no, fuck that cry. You know, mm-hmm. you're human. It's okay. Because it's somebody else that's dealing with what you, that's dealing with something probably worse. Who knows? But I just, I feel like we should just all, you have to be okay with going through the waves of grief, you know? And that's what I learned. And there's no rule book to it. You, you really figure it out as you go. Do you think you had to delay it a bit because you were on set, your grieving think, process? No, I know I had to. Mm. I had to. My mom, I'm very close with my mom, and she was trying to come, and I had to tell her she cannot come. And mm. she's the type, she's a Virgo, so she's the type that's like, I'm doing it because I want to, I'm coming. And I had to say, listen, I will not let you in. And I said, I cannot because if you come, I'm going to realize why you're here. Mm-hmm. And that's going to make me you know, not, you know, realize and be sad. Mm-hmm. When I'm in my condo, I was going crazy in my condo. I was, had the lights off, but then I'm trying to read my lines and then I'll say, fuck. And, you know, I'm in a mirror. I'll just cry. I can't, I'm thinking I can't remember these lines because it's so much on my mind. And then I'm mad at God. Like, mm-hmm. you know how hard it is to be mad at something you believe in? You know, I believe in God. I'm God fearing. And, I'm over here saying, nah, fuck you. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to be in a place where you got to be in a very hard place where you say, fuck God. Especially when like you're also receiving. Simultaneously. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm going crazy. I'm, I think I'm going crazy because I'm like looking in the mirror like, nah, fuck God, fuck you. Like saying that. But then 10 minutes later, I'm just like, God, I need you. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. It's then I'm like, okay, God, I need you us to do these lines. No, fuck that. You took chill. It was like you going crazy. I couldn't even have people come visit me because I'm just like, I don't know what's happening. 
mm-hmm. you know, what's going on in my mind. So then I'll just, I'll go to work and everybody be like, oh my God, Jonica, you're so sweet. You're and I'm just like, all right, you gotta be, I was delusional. Mm. Literally, I didn't know who I was and just trying to figure it out. And it was people that I've dated around that time and they were like, and you were this and you were that. And I say, I don't know who I was. Right. You know, and a lot of people, my uh, friend, her dad passed away and she said, I'm just trying to get back to myself. And I said, well, that's going to be your problem. You will never be yourself again. Mm. This is the new version of you. Get to know her because you can never be yourself because the last version of you had a dad. He's Mm. not here. So you have to learn to be this person. And that's what people don't get. Like, I just want to be myself. And I was trying to be myself and date but I'm, I have, I'm making these women feel, uh, I'm being dismissive, mm. you know, cause I don't care. Like, I don't, what, what you going to leave me? <laughs> you know, that's really what I'm thinking. What you going to leave? Chubb left, you know? Yeah. And it's like my mind, I'm, I'm, it's almost like cold and heartless, but I don't think I'm, I don't look at it like that. It's just like, I'm not arguing with you. Cause what everything came down to what you going to leave. Hmm. I'm okay with that. I'm used to, I'm, at this point, I'm getting comfortable with it. Do you think that's the biggest way that the grief changed you? Yeah. It changed my, I don't care about nobody leaving me. I have, I do not care. Because in the midst of that, me and my dad, we're not in a good space. And that was my best friend. So in my mind, then me and my, my ex uh, started messing with my best friend. So she left, everybody just, that I love was just leaving. So it was just like, I have no, I think you're going to leave. So it sucks for a person that's in my life that's here to stay, that's pouring her heart out, that's a good person, but then they're dating someone with this wall that's built that I can't take down. I don't know how, and I don't even know if I want to because it's, 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 I'm protected over here. Still to this day. Yes. I don't, I'm not fighting. I'm not fighting for you to stay. You know, it's just like I expect, I expect you to leave. Mm. I expect everyone to leave because I prepare myself for that. Do you think it's changed you in any positive ways? I'm an optimistic person. So I do find the, uh, it, it has, because it makes me love more with the people that, that's on earth. You know, it makes me uh, call and have those conversations that I put off. Mm-hmm. You know, like, no, I'm going to call mm-hmm. and I'm going to spend time. Like, it makes me do what I just did, which is go stay with my grandma. Right. Like, who wants to do that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. But it make you know, it makes me spend this time. Because that way, when people go, I won't feel like, man, I wish, I wish it'll be like I did. Yeah, because it's, you're saying, like, it doesn't have to go that deep. But I feel like because it goes that deep, you really do think about your relationships and cherish them. Yeah. More so. Yeah, more. Mm-hmm. Anybody, you ever lost anybody? I, I haven't. So this is actually yeah. something I fear. I've... I, my grandmother died on an airplane very suddenly when I was like six. Mm. And so I watched the fallout of that, but I didn't really understand what was happening. And after Mm. that, we lost all of our family. There was a big lawsuit that happened that pretty much tore everybody apart. So I've lived with this kind of fear of this sudden death. I, I literally lay awake at night worrying about something happening to my immediate family, I think because of that Mm -hmm. experience. And until I lost, I mean, it's no comparison to losing your brother, but I lost a dog that I had for 12 years. Mm -hmm. And I, 
I lost him and that was the first experience. Don't say that. Mm. Don't say it's no comparison. And I try to tell people, you can't place value on what someone loves. Mm. You know, that dog was could have been just as important to you as anybody in my life, you know? Mm. So that mm-hmm. I hate when people try to downplay someone else's situation because well, this was my life. Well, it can that that can coexist, mm. you know. So you're you losing your dog could have hurt you. You know, it, it did. It hurt you just as much. And yeah. that's so you have. So don't feel like, well, I haven't lost anything because you did. Mm. Did you cry? Yeah, yeah. Thank you for saying that. So yes, you lost something. I still important. do. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was important to you. Yeah, and I I, I was prepared for his death. Mm-hmm. I knew it was coming, and he was twelve. He, I, I had a lot of time with him, but. I think, and I hate even saying this, but I think when he passed, it almost felt like a relief because I was able to see what that felt like mm. because I had been wondering for 30 years. Like what it feel like what, to lose something what close. What was that that destroyed our entire family and our life? What was it that did that? And so feeling that with my dog, I, I, I hate that he's gone. It hurts every day, but it was almost like, okay, now I know, I know I can live through it. Absolutely. Is, is kind of what that gave me a window into. Mm-hmm. But, but so losing an immediate family member is something that I have such a great fear of. You can't have fear and faith, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you got to understand that it's going to, it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and you already know what it feel like. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it hurt, you know, on my way here, my mom called and told me that her, um, well, my stepdad, his uh, best friend's wife passed. And they've been married since 1990. Oh, my gosh. So the guy, I'm sure he's distraught, you know. And the lady was like 50 and she died suddenly. She was vibrant, free, fun. She died of a heart attack in her sleep. No <sighs> one knows why. So I understand you with the fear because that's the fear that I have. I always, my mom don't even know. For the past two months, I've been thinking about her dying. Mm. It's the worst way to wake up. And I'm just like, what would I do if this lady go? But I said, let me stop. I'm going to hurt myself. It's, it's, we're, we're, uh, what do they say? You're like doubling the pain. If mm-hmm. you think about it now and then it happens. Yes. It's like, <laughs> you're only making it worse. You're making it worse. Yes. Like, like, stop thinking about this. Just yes. enjoy them here. So little things such as my layover, being I'm being stuck in, in Arizona. I'm like, cool, I get to hang out with my mom. Mm-hmm. You know? She get on my nerves. I can't stand that lady, but I love her so much. And I don't know what. I call her for everything. I call her to argue. Like, I'd be like, what time is it? 12? We should argue about 1230 today. We ain't doing nothing else. So I would be sick if I'm going to be, you know. Yeah. And to know that like that lady, that whatever the couple, that she just suddenly passed. It made me think. I was like, mom, nobody can call and tell me that. I was like, they'd be better off just burying you without me knowing and me thinking you just ignoring me. Yeah, she's not picking <laughs> just, up my calls. Just stop picking up my call. I don't know. <laughs> I said, but no one can, there's no one that can call and tell me this. So I understand the fear that you're living with, but this is me giving you advice that I too need to take. Like we just have to stop and just mm-hmm. enjoy. And like you say, like I told you, people, we're lone people. So we have to enjoy the people while they're here because mm-hmm. nothing you can do about it. Yeah. It's nothing we can do about it. The story's already written. And I'm blessed that I was able, I can afford to grieve. Yeah. And people don't understand that. But after I finished filming, I ended up getting my own place in L.A. 
And I think I sat on the couch for about a year. Wow. For a year. Wow. In the dark. And it looked like a, what's it called? A memor- like when I have just candles and flowers oh, yeah. and pictures of him. Oh, wow. I, I literally created a sad space and just sat there. I'll wake up in my room and I'll go sit in the living room and my TV will be off. And then I'll sit there for, I'm talking like eight hours and just look at his obituary. Imagine doing that. You could imagine doing that for a month, let alone a year. A year. And I just, I'll do it and sit there, cry. But no one knew when I talked to everybody, it was normal. I thought I was fine. I really thought I was fine. I was like, oh, I'm just waiting till the show come out, you know? Mm-hmm. No, but you're depressed. I was functionally depressed and didn't know it until I came out of it. When I finally, when I started, you know, it's levels to grieving. Mm -hmm. So when I reached another level, I looked back and was like, oh, you had to be depressed. Mm. I was just sitting in a, just sitting there looking stupid, just lighting candles, had pictures. And then the top of 23, I put his obituary up. I got rid of my diploma. I just put, you know, I got rid of all the pictures. Just one day. One day. I said, I'm going to start the year off. And enjoy enjoy who I am now and who I have to be you know mm-hmm. this is it either you can sit here and cry or you can get up and do something but no matter what this is what it is so it's how do you want to deal with it so I just got rid of everything and I made my place um comfortable I look at I look at things like colors people always like what's your favorite color and I say my colors are is how I feel mm. so I, at that moment I was going through like a, a yellow phase like yellow is bright yeah <laughs> It was like, let's be yellow today. Yeah. I like that yellow candle, you know? <laughs> it's like sunshine. It's like you have to put yourself in that space. Yeah. You know, or else, like, and it's levels to blue, because, you know, a lot of people call me blue. That's one of my names. But you got that dark, sad blue, and then you have that bright sun, you know, that bright sky blue. Mm-hmm. So I was in a dark blue, and I just made everything vibrant. Like, I, I started loving and, uh, and appreciating life. You know, versus feeling like I don't want to live. Mm-hmm. So that's what I got from from him. Wow. Yeah. And now I just be like, bro, you up there working, huh? Mm. You know, I, I did Issa's show as a lead. My little brother in the movie as a lead. We were both three on a call sheet. And he. It, it actually is more cute when the younger ones say, Chubb working overtime. Oh, And I just be like, God. oh, that's how I feel because he's mm. not that type of kid. Yeah. But he'll say it and he'll let me know, oh, you know, you know what's going on, you know? Yeah. Because he'll be like, oh, Chubb working for us. Like, look, we 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 doing great. We in Hollywood. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh. I'm like, Chubb is working overtime, man. Uh, do you talk to him? What does that relationship look like? With uh, Chubb? With Chubb. All the time. Yeah. Talk to him the way I'm talking to you. I promise I think I'm crazy. <laughs> I promise. No, I talk to my dog. <laughs> you do? <laughs> And look, at least if, if Trump was here, he'd talk back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but it's not crazy because that was your best friend. Yeah. You know, he was one of my best friends. Yeah. Yes, I talk to him like this. Like, I'll be like, Chubb, what are you doing? What are we doing today? Like, <laughs> when I'm in a shower, I, I, it doesn't fail. When I'm at home in the shower, I always write his name. Oh. Every time. Oh, I love that. Yep, and I'll, I just sing. I'll be doing whatever, and it's like subconscious. It's just what I do. It's like not a thing. Yeah. Or I'll randomly just write his name because I, I don't want to forget about him. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I am, but I feel like life is moving so fast. I don't want to forget about him. Mm-hmm. And every time I reach a new level of success, 
I'm like, oh, this isn't it. It's something else because I promised that I would say his name on a large platform. Wow. That's not social media. I want to stand up and sit at a podium. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I feel like it's going to happen. So it's like, I'd be like, chill, we almost there. It's almost time. I feel it, you know? Yeah. So yeah, talk. You have to. Yeah. So in ways it's also motivated your career as well. Absolutely. I feel like I have to get to a certain point so that I can do what I promised, mm-hmm. which is say his name on a large platform. Mm-hmm. I have to, because that's what, that's what I said I was going to do. It's just, it's, it's tough, but it's all about how you, what type of, type of lemonade you want to make out of your lemons. Yeah. You know, you want it to be sour, you want it to be sweet. So I make mine sweet. And even like the day of my premiere, when we had our first um, season's premiere, my grandpa died that day. Oh my god! I was like, okay, Give me a God, you fucking, fucking with me? <laughs> yeah, all right now. <laughs> yeah, all right. Now we knew he was. He had a, a hospice, and we knew, but still, it. But still, and it was like, um, but we were in L.A. Jonathan was here. What's crazy? That's why I'm like, it's like, it's like God takes something, but He gives me something else. Mm. When literally, when my grandpa died. Jonigan, the next day, Jonigan got the audition for the actual movie that he's in. Wow. And I had to, I ended up, he stayed with me and I coached him. He stayed in LA. My dad flew back because obviously you're ready for the funeral and all that. And we didn't go to the funeral. And my grandmother told me that she was sad that I didn't come to the funeral. She said, I never told you this, but I was sad you didn't come. I thought you would be there for me. And I said, the reason I didn't go was Jonigan never talked about Chubb death. And we were um, shopping to get him clothes for the audition. It was just me and him. And we were in Nordstrom. And he was hitting the clothes. Like, I just remember him vividly hitting all the clothes. Just doing what kids do. Dumb shit. Don't touch nothing. He touching everything. <laughs> he just touching all the shit. And then he said, you know, it's crazy. He said, it sucks. We got to go. We got to leave this good weather and go back to St. Louis <laughs> and bury grandpa. He said, we still not over Chubb yet. And to hear him say that, and at that time, Chubb had been gone for a year, for almost a year, mm. a month away from it being a year. And to hear him say that, he was like, we're still not over Chubb. He never looked at me. What? In that moment, I texted and said, we're not coming to the funeral. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's understanding what's going on. He's in a good space. We're not going to do that. I said, I'm not bringing him to this funeral because mm-hmm. he's excited. You know, he said, Jonica, we're really about to get on a plane. And this is a kid saying this to me. Yeah. We're Isn't it funny how kids put things in perspective Yes, sometimes. and I'm like, you smart fucker. <laughs> yeah, but he, he said, we're happy. He said, look, look, Jonica, we're happy. So we're going to get on a plane, land, and go be sad. <laughs> and I said, "Why well, you put it like that. So simple. <laughs> yeah, so simple. <laughs> he was like, we can just, like, release some blooms or something. And I'm like, we're going to release some blooms. There you go. You know? <laughs> but he, it, kids are innocent. Kids mm-hmm. are pure. And that's that's what I, that's, that actually got me through a lot of my grief, like my grieving. This notion that God like gives and then takes something is something that also I really fear because it's like when you're at the height of something or you're like, things are going too good. Something's about to happen. Something's about to happen. But should we really feel that way? I'm telling you, we're weird, me and you. (laughs) (laughs) We We should start our own group. We should start our sad group. (laughs) No, but it's... It's, that's what it feel like. Yeah. It really, that's what it feel like. Like it, it's going too good. Something's about to happen mm-hmm. instead of us just enjoying, enjoying this moment. And if something happened, then cross that bridge when you get here. Mm-hmm. 
But instead, we're preparing these like thoughts. bracing. Yeah, yeah, don't brace yourself. Mm-hmm. Just I tell I tell people the older I get, the only thing that I miss about growing up is I was so fearless. I was fearless, like. I won't even ride a Six Flags ride no more. Like, why did I do that shit? I know, shit? same. I'm like, oh my God. It's not even fun. I'm Bitch's legs are getting chopped off. I'm not going on that ride. Yes, legs <laughs> getting, people, the ride getting stuck. Like, it's not that fun. <laughs> yeah. Why did I do this twice? Oh, Batman, let's do it again. Like, I'm not, it's scary. <laughs> yeah. it's scary up there. But I was fearless. Yeah. The unknown. Mm-hmm. And I do miss that part. I hate that, that I understand life. Yeah. And I understand what can happen, you know? Mm-hmm. That's why if something as simple as kids just run across the street, don't look both ways. You, you cross that street, you fearless fucker, like you just cross that street. <laughs> <laughs> but me, I'm looking both ways and I hold a hand. 16 times. 16, <laughs> all right, it's my turn. Like, I, I really miss being fearless. Yeah. I'm starting to think that when we reach a certain age, the fearless comes back. Cause I think a lot of older people, mm. I mean, I'm thinking about it now. I think that a lot of older people feel like I should have done this with my life and they start trying to do it. And honestly, when I worked, I worked at city mortgage um, before I went on bad girls club and it was a man. I wish I could remember him. Cause I would call and thank him. His cube wasn't far from mine. I grabbed my own cube and everything. Wow. I thought I was bossing my cube. <laughs> I said, come to my cube. Come over to my cube. Come to my cube. Not that cube. This one. (laughs) But um, he said to me, he was like, you're special. Mm. And he said, get out of here. This is a graveyard for dreamers. And when I put that in perspective, I'm like, wow. And I was like, well, what do you mean? He said, said, look around. All of us, we dream. We wish we would have done this. We wish we would have done that. He said, you can still do it. He Mm. said, this job will always be here. You can always come back. And shortly after that, I ended up getting a call for Bad Girls Club. And it was a pay cut. I didn't make as much. Mm-hmm. We didn't get paid nothing on Bad Girls Club. Yeah. No one knows that. I carry that with me to this day. Mm-hmm. Like, nah, I don't want to be like 50 and 60 thinking I wish I wish. You yeah. know, have that threesome. <laughs> Amen. Your face was priceless. <laughs> I never had a threesome. Really? Nah. Well, there you go. Well, I don't think it was a threesome. Ladies. It was, it was three people, but I don't think it was a threesome. <laughs> Wait, that's a threesome. Were you on the outskirts? Wait, is a threesome is when everybody's involved, right? Everybody, yes, everybody has to like be everybody involved. everybody touch each other. Yes. But if you only touch one person, that's not a threesome, right? Oh, I don't know. Like, if you're still involved. I got hair just... from two girls at once. I think that's a threesome. Cool. <laughs> I did have a threesome. Check that off your list. <laughs> I had me a couple of threesomes. No, I'm, I'm not that cool. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. <laughs> I just found out something. That threesome, guys. Okay, it's time for a game. It's okay. called U-Haul or U-Ghost. Okay. Okay, you meet her and she's moving to another state in six months. I mean, if she like Bad, like Cardi B sister Hennessy, you haul. You haul. I'm going. We're going to make it work. We're going to make it work. What? Yes. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> Flights are okay. Flights are okay. All right. Flights. What? I'm going too. We're mo- where are we going? <laughs> where are we moving to Wisconsin? Sure. I've always wanted to live there. <laughs> Start lying. <laughs> Who doesn't want to live in Wisconsin? <laughs> 
have Wisconsin clothes. <laughs> Go shopping. Like, no. Yes, you hard depends on how bad is she. I mean, that's what it got to be. And do I like... Yeah, it's like, how much do I like her? Because I don't have to love you. I just got to like you. You don't have to love her to move to Wisconsin? No, if she bad, I don't got to love. You need a little like. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. No, you got to love. No, no. Too serious. Okay. <laughs> she has a twin, and they match in matching outfits. That's just creepy. Now, I don't know. Are they always together? Like... I don't know, but when they are, they're matching. When they are, they're matching. Yeah, I'm I'm a ghoster because that's giving Lifetime movie vibes. <laughs> you know, they be crazy. It's always a crazy one on Lifetime movies like this. So it's like, <laughs> I'm good. Because it's like, did y'all call each other? Do y'all still live together? I have questions about how did y'all come out these outfits? You go shopping together? Did you buy hers and what? I mean, you're still buying your sister clothes. It's just too much. There's these twins on TikTok that I follow that they share a bank account. I'm the type of like, get the fuck out of here. We're not, unshare your account. Yeah. So now I'm messing change up. Change clothes. Yeah, change clothes. <laughs> switch your hair. Get some new socks. And unshare that account. Like, now nah, I'm just coming in dictating. So everybody's going to hate me. No one's going to be at our wedding. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm like, I'm not doing that. We're going to have a wedding of no one. Like, <laughs> just my family. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. All right, ghosting. What if she wakes up in the morning and the first thing that she drinks is Coke? Drink Coke. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I said, wait, what? I'm dating a druggie? <laughs> I said, wait, now when did this happen? Where did I meet her? Like, I had other questions for that. All right, drink Coke. That's still out. I know. I was talking to someone. She's she's famous, actually. But I stopped talking to her because I flew all the way here. <laughs> I lived in Atlanta, but I flew here to spend five days with her. And I stopped talking to her because the first night I stayed with her, she, we woke up at like seven. Well, I woke up at seven. She must have woke up before me, obviously, because she was drunk by the time I woke up. Oh my god! And I'm like, what happened? Like, we went to sleep fine. She woke up and she was drinking hard liquor before seven a.m. And oh, I stopped dating her. That's dark. Yeah, because I'm thinking, if we, if I do fall in love with you, then I have to deal with this habit. And I was just like, I might as well stop now. Stop yeah. before the train take off. Mm-hmm. That way, it's not my problem. And now I have to help you because I'm a Pisces and I just feel like I always got to help people. Yeah. So I was like, nope, I'm out. Somehow, Coca-Cola seems just as bad to me. It does, too. That's why I said, you see, I went straight to liquor. I said, that's bad. <laughs> you know, on TikTok. Coke, liquor, did, same. Said on TikTok, Coke, they was putting it on cars and stuff. Like, I don't want someone to just drink Coke all day. I'm going to be a widow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> why would I set myself up for failure? Yes, yes. Like, no, I want to go first. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fair. Okay. What about this one? She's a theme park blogger. Say what? <laughs> Like she goes to the theme parks and it's like, hey guys, I'm at Disney World. <laughs> Here's what I ate today. I don't want to date no bloggers. I'm not <laughs> okay, into bloggers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I don't want to, I hate when you with someone, they're just always like, look at our meal. Look at the thing. Look, that just bothers me. It's two things I said I wouldn't date and that's a blogger and you know, like the kids shows and the person that put on a. The goop, the outfits, and for the kids, I wouldn't. I'd be like, "Who dates these people?" Like, I don't want to date them. You don't want to date like the a Teletubby. I don't want to date the Teletubby, the blue Teletubby. Like, why well, look like saying, "Yeah, you know, I'm with the blue Teletubby." Like, I don't want to do that. The fact that you went out of your way to promise yourself that you would never, date I would a never, <laughs> I would never date a Teletubby. <laughs> okay, it's not my thing. That's on boundaries. Yeah, I respect that. So that's why I need to know: What do you do for you? Do you blog or are you a Teletubby? Which one? <laughs> 
that's out. out. <laughs> Ghost. <laughs> wow, that was incredible. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. We no. do a cheers at the end. We've been drinking Via Ray. We have to support Issa. Yes, Issa. Do you have Do you have any last words? No, I just want to say I appreciate you guys for having me. You have such warm energy. You're oh, sweet. Thanks. You got a dimple like me. We're twins. <laughs> and I appreciate you. Yeah. How we do? What we think? Okay, okay, okay. wait. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank y'all for listening to today's episode. As always, please help us spread the gay agenda by writing an Apple review, rating us on Spotify, and sharing with everyone you've ever met. You can find today's guests at Jonica Blue Booth, our show at Made It Out Podcast, and me at Mal Glowinky. Made It Out is produced and edited by Matilde Jordan and worked on solely by lesbians. Sweet Tooth desires my... Okay. Sweet Tooth desires my clit is a lollipop. Let's Willy Wonka. Sweet Tooth Desires My Clit is a lollipop. Let's Willy Wonka. Hey, I like that. <laughs> we got more. It's a lollipop. <laughs> Willy Wonka this thing. I like it. I like that. <laughs>